Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 120 something. Uh, today, I'm speaking to Young Su Chung about his career from finance to crypto to starting companies to making millions and millions of dollars and how you can do the same. Welcome back to the podcast. The Alfie Watton Podcast. Alfie, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. So you've got a bit of an interesting background, right? You were in finance, you went to, to crypto as a like a dev, and then you started setting up companies from, from EDC to, you know, now creator type businesses and, and, and beyond. Um, can you just like give us a little bit of summary about like what, you, what you're currently doing? Because you've got the holding company, right? And then that owns yes. a, a couple of different assets. Just like for the people that don't know who you are, just give us like the, the 60 second like summary. Sure. So I, I started my company in 2015. Uh, it was It's an e-commerce shop selling everyday carry gear. Um, and then a couple of years later, we brought home a French bulldog. And uh, my wife and I, very coincidental, obviously we weren't planning on it, but he went viral on Instagram and gained this huge following. So now I think he's got 126,000 followers on Instagram. And um, people are asking like, hey, you know, where can I buy that leash? Where can I buy that harness? And so we launched a dog shop um, and because we, because I already had my first e-commerce shop, it was very easy to kind of, you know, the backend operations is the same. The website obviously is different. The audience is very different, but everything else is, was very similar. And so we had these two companies going and then the biggest pain point that we had was fulfillment and shipping. And uh, we had a lot of other friends in the e-commerce world coming to us and saying, Hey, fulfillment is also such a you know pain for us. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, how, what service are you guys using? And we were like, you know what? Because we had such a problem with our our three PL third party logistics company, we actually brought it in house, and so we do all the fulfillment in house. And so they were like, "Can you help us do that? Like, can you can you just like ship out our items too?" And so GrowthJet, which is our climate neutral certified three PL, launched without a website and without a name. We just had paying clients from the get go, and so that is our third company. And um, what's funny is Alfie, I, I didn't realize that there was such a thing as a personal holding company. Uh, until I got on X. And when people are were talking about kind of like having these multiple companies and, and managing it with operators in place, I was like, wow, that's literally what I'm doing. And so I got wrapped into the whole PhD. I went down a, a, a rabbit hole of, of personal holding companies. And I realized like, wow, I, I have eight years of experience in PhDs and people are starting their own PhD right now. And they're like, trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden I have eight years worth of experience in this. And so like leveraging my, my experience and, and, and I guess just by default, I'm, I have like an authority, like I, I could speak about it. And so it's really interesting how like the PhD model and the philosophy just kind of like landed on my lap. And I'm like, wow, like I'm an actual, I could talk about this very coherently. Um, and so that's kind of how, how this all went down. Could you explain the personal holding company to me? Because I, I have a couple of companies that are all set up as separate entities, right? And I have different people yeah. involved in them, but I'm still um, running them day to day. It kind of sounds like you have general managers almost um, responsible for the majority of it. And then you're more, you know, working on the business rather than in the business. But could, could I mean, you're in San Fran, right? Yes, San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, I'm in London, so forget like the logistics of how it's set up and like the type of business. But can you just explain like what a personal holding company is and and how you manage your Absolutely. operators and that, that sort of thing? Absolutely. So uh, this is a great question. Uh, so aside from the entity structure, because I think that's more of uh, that's not really. Yes, it is important, but um, I really like the philosophy behind a personal holding company more than the actual legal structure entity. Right. So. 
personal holding company, literally, you know, from my eyes, <clears throat> you are setting up a company that serves you as the person. And so what I mean by that is like a lot of holding companies in general in the past, holding companies have, have been around for decades, right? But 99.9% .9 of them are about shareholder value and providing shareholder return on investment, ROI. Yeah. And so people have, you know, people invest into holding companies and then they're looking for, you know, the operators of the holding companies to be able to go out there and find the best companies, the highest, you know, margins and, and, uh, the efficient, you know, all, all these efficient companies that, um, for, uh, that I don't really care for. Like, for example, like, you know, a scaffolding company might be really profitable. Like you go and like, you got to paint the building, you put up the scaffolding and like you get paid by the hour. It's very profitable margin wise. But I have no interest in buying or acquiring a, a scaffolding company because I just don't care about them. Uh, and so I wouldn't do that. And so I think the difference between a regular hold co uh, traditionally and a personal holding company is the personal holding company is each person's like own, like essentially like siloed projects that work together as a whole. And I think that's a key component too, because like one company might serve as kind of a cash flow cow for your other companies. And I'll give you an example. Like the French Bulldog company that we have is a really fun thing that my wife and I do. I mean, we we go on all these trips together. Like, you know, we get invited to these five-star hotels. Uh, we're going up to Sonoma next month uh, for collaboration with a five-star hotel. So like, these things are, you know, it's it's more than just money. It's also about like turning hobbies into uh or turning, yeah, turning your hobbies into businesses. And so like that concept, it's almost like a lifestyle business 2.0 in a way, where um, you know, you're you're you've got these th different companies set up for your own level of enjoyment, but also like cash flow. And yeah. so holistically, when you look at all the companies in your personal hold co, they all work together as a whole to provide what you need. And each piece doesn't need to be about making money. Like it can be about having fun or whatever. Um, but the whole point is that all, all of these things collectively work together to serve you as the person. Okay. Interesting. So just in terms of like the delegation side, do you, cause I, I read, I'm not sure if this is true, but I, I read that you, um, at some point, I'm not sure if that's now or in the past, but we're making like 300 grand from maybe all of these or one of them like a month, but by working on each of them, very, very like Tim Ferriss style, like, like an hour a week or an hour every couple of yeah. weeks or something like that. Is that, is that right? Is, is, like, are you very much, um, the business is there to serve you rather than the other way around? That That's correct. So I, I do have one business that is doing, um, it did $3.3 million last year. Nice. And that's just w one business, right? So I've got three uh, under this personal company. So this one business, $3.3 million last year. And I have a general manager who I've uh, hired and trained over four or five years. Yeah. And so he is very much capable of running the business by himself. And so- Which one is it? Uh, it's the pocket knife business. Okay. So okay. everyday carry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So e EDC is like you said earlier, turning hobbies into businesses, and EDC is like, and you mentioned lifestyle. So EDC is like the great example, right? I I love EDC. I am um, I'm like super minimalist in terms of what I carry, and I've, I you know I could speak to you for hours and hours about this sort of thing. I've gone through every wallet, well maybe not every wallet, but I've, I've gone through every single <laughs> thing that you can think of, right? To to try and um, find like the least stressful setup possible when I'm going day to day. Um, 
why why like EDC and like you know because that that's not the sort of thing that I personally would go I'm going to start an EDC business right well how did you get into that yeah so I was looking at my expenses and this is something that I, I I urge all of your listeners to do is go through your credit card statements or bank statements and look at where you're spending your money and like where you're spending your money it's you know try to avoid things that are like groceries and things like that that like it's not like you know like survival things like I get you know you got to spend money on food and stuff but I'm thinking of, I'm talking about like hobby stuff right so if you do that you'll realize that, wow, I'm spending a lot of money on, you know, I don't know, clothing, let's say. Like, I'm really into clothing, like different styles and stuff. And then maybe you start content, build like writing content on on clothing. And, and, and then you can expense, I mean, this is tax stuff that may be not applicable to the UK, but basically you can, like, there's so many tax advantages you can do. Um, and also it's like, you can just go and meet, like, you know, these brands that you always admire. Like, once you get to a certain size, like, You'll be invited to their private events. You can meet the designers. I mean, it's like a really cool thing where like you're turning your 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 hobby expenses into like your business. And so I think that is a really cool concept that not a lot of people people think like, oh, I gotta start a business. Like, oh, it's gonna be something that, you know, I I I'm interested in, but it's not really gonna be like, I don't know. It's like they don't think outside the box of like, like, what do you actually spend money on? And yeah. can you turn that into a business? Right. So so were you spending a lot of money on on wallets and like keyrings? Yes, and that sort of yes, thing? yeah, yeah, exactly. How, yeah. how did you so, grow that? Was it like drop shipping, or did you make the products, or, or what was like the logistics of the business? Yeah, so it's it started off as a retail shop. So I, I would partner up with other brands to bring them into the shop, and okay. so I did that on purpose because uh, the capital requirements are, are much lower, and so yeah. I didn't need to do large runs of of, of inventory. Um, and so each week we do a gear drop. So every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, uh, things could sell really sell out really fast. Uh, it's the drop model. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah. And then each week we iterate based on feedback and how things did the previous week. And then, uh, yeah, so we hold inventory at my the 3PL company that I have, uh, GrowthJet. And okay. then GrowthJet ships out the items for Urban EDC and Spotted by Humphrey. Um, so, yeah. Are these like Shopify sites now then? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Such a cool business. I don't really sell any product apart from like some courses, but it's um yeah, it's, it's certainly something I'm passionate to get into at some point. Um, yeah. What about like the the growth of that? Did you was that like paid ads and you know to 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 get yeah. it? Um, like because you can if you get a really really good product, build out a great Shopify site, and you put some good paid spend behind it with copy that converts, then you can have that thing just like you know fly off to use your kind of uh, your words, right? Um, is that how you how you did it? So what's funny, Alfie, is that I I was using Facebook ads to grow. And I remember, uh, you know, it was end of March. Actually, it was the last day of March. This is like 2016 or 2017. Um, but we, my wife and I were celebrating because we had just cracked $100,000 a month. And we, it was the highest month that we've ever had. But then Facebook banned us like the next week because we were selling, um, you know, quote unquote weapons that they would, you know, they would consider these pocket knives weapons. And so we lost like 40% of our revenue yeah. and it was a shock to us. And so, you know, a lot of people say like double down on what's working. Yeah. Well, guess what? When you double down on what's working, you're also exposing yourself. You're essentially putting a lot of eggs in one basket. And when that, when that basket goes away, then you're kind of screwed. And so um, that's one thing to be mindful of is like, of course you can be doubling down on stuff that's working, but be aware that if that's taken away, then you're, 
more screwed than before. Uh, and so we we grew. So after that happened, uh, we started partnering up with other makers who had audiences. And so essentially, the way we grew was through partnerships and collaborations from other people's audiences. Yeah. And so that was how we've grown over the last uh, eight years or so. Like each, you know, it's each collaboration and partnership is a little bit bigger than the previous one. So we would always like leverage our previous partnerships to get someone who's you know who's who's a little bigger and more reputable, and then we kind of like climb their way and now we can work with pretty much anybody in the industry now it's the doors have all opened up so that takes a long time though yeah when did you get into the creator stuff because i i checked out your podcast very interesting yeah. i've got a couple of questions around it because the um your editing is unique in a very very good way um i, I can tell that you've clearly put a lot of thought into how to make it different to the million other podcasts that everybody and their dad has got right um tell us a little bit about the pod yeah so the podcast is called uh first class founders and it's essentially a, a place initially uh for me to share my learnings and my journey with entrepreneurship but it's kind of evolved into this thing where um now i you know i have other people coming on and they're sharing their journey but then what's 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 interesting here is that um, I layer my own commentary and analysis yeah. on top of the interview. And so I think this is a really unique and uh, kind of a different selling point because, you know, I thought about all these. Obviously, you mentioned there's millions of podcasts out there now. And the one thing that I have that a lot of people don't have is that I'm actually in in the arena <laughs> like doing doing stuff right i'm doing math. stuff yeah yeah, yeah exactly it's a math yeah um i'm doing stuff where people other people may you know maybe uh just a creator who's not really done done a lot right but but i'm i'm an actual entrepreneur and you know approaching eight figures in revenue and annual revenue so i have authority and an angle and a perspective of how business should be run for my own side and so what I can do is once the guest, I have an interview with a guest, I'll go back and my producer and I will go through and add a narrative on top where essentially I'm almost like analyzing their perspectives. And I think that is kind of the interesting thing where it's like, sometimes I disagree with them, yeah. but I mean, most of the time I, I, I agree, but a lot of times I'll be like, okay, well, this is not, this is great for this specific circumstance, but I, but I actually think, you know, for a beginner, this might be better. Like I'll, I'll like add that commentary in, which is like not a lot of people have the experience to just do that, right? So I wanted to make it really unique. So I wanted to provide my own input into it. Why Why don't you do video? Oh, so the video, I, I want to do video, but uh, the podcast, so if your listeners want, like if they're, if you listen to the episodes, you'll see that it's very highly produced. Uh, it's got a lot of sound design. It's cut up. It's almost like an audio documentary. Yeah. And it's now, not now easy. To it, do, I, 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 yeah. I, get, I get it. Yeah. It would be very hard to video something like that unless it was like Mr. Beast level of effort, you know, to make that really, really pop. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get there. You know, I, yeah. I want to get to a stage where I can hand over the audio to a, an amazing video guy and they create some kind of crazy animation where I don't have to like basically record over again. But um, I haven't gotten to that level yet. But maybe, maybe, maybe soon. It took me. Um, 
probably a decade of making content on online in various forms to start seeing like a return from it and start to see like 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 you know good money from it um what about you have you found the creator thing um obviously you mentioned it was really really valuable with the the e-com model and and partnering perhaps affiliate links and and you know that that sort of thing and sharing audiences and podcasts and newsletters what about you know your pod and, and, and newsletter are you, are you making money from these or are these kind of there to help yeah put you in touch with great people to help supplement your other companies like like i basically do how, how do you go about that it's all of the above so so um what i've realized is that a podcast and actually having an audience is the greatest uh greatest way to meet the coolest people and uh it's so funny because i'm actually tonight i got invited to a private dinner tonight um at an entrepreneur's house and at his own house it's a small group of other founders and like he messaged me like a month ago because he saw my stuff on personal hold co and he was like hey i didn't i never thought about this in this way but i also have a personal hold co and that this is the response that i uh, i get a lot out is like oh i also have a personal hold co but no one explained it this way yeah. and so he thought it was really cool so he invited me to his, to his house tonight and so that's an example of like if i didn't post that like i would never have open these doors. Right. And so absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge component that not a lot of people talk about, um, in terms of the other stuff, like, um, sponsorships, I've definitely started taking on those. Um, and so they're kind of in the works. Um, but the long term, though, I want to build a community where I'm selling, well, not selling my own products, but basically I want to create a community where, um, I want to build my own network. I want to build a network that I, that I wish I had eight mm. years ago when I started and I want to bring people together and I want that value to be like super, super high. And so like, that's something that I'm working on. Um, but I mean, ultimately you just have to be open-minded because this journey is, it can take you in ways that you never imagined. I'm sure you probably know already, but, uh, you just have to be open-minded to see whatever comes to you and then have a really good signal to, to, to noise kind of like filter and making sure that the opportunities like actually make sense. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. This podcast is brought to you by weloveAlpha.com. If you're looking to grow and hire and scale your software engineering team in the UK, then go to weloveAlpha.com to hire the best software developers on the market. Everything across Java to C Sharp to PHP to Python to React and Angular and mobile and more, go to weloveAlpha.com to hire the best software engineers in the UK now. Um, what about like in terms of your journey? I'm, I'm sidetracking a little bit here, but I mean, there's no agenda to this thing, right? Um, you started in, in like finance, right? And then you went into crypto as, as a dev. What, what, what do you think about crypto now? I, I do probably, I'd say 30% of my pods are with, are with Bitcoin people and very, um, you know, successful people who have made tens, if not hundreds of millions from getting on the, like the right coin early and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but what do, what do you think of, cause you were, was it Ripple you were at? Yes. Ripple. Yeah. 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 I remember I, I bought Ripple in like 2019 or something, maybe even earlier than that. Like, like uh, when it, I'm not sure how long it's been out for, but um, what, what are your views on like the industry? It seems to have been tarnished a bit in my opinion by 
um, NFTs and obviously the rug pulls and everything else. Not that there's anything uh, bad with that technology. I think it's got great use cases and applications. I just don't think it's been used in the right way and and that sort of thing. But if you see FDX, you see you know everything that's happened. Um, what are your views on on blockchain and crypto and, and separate things? But I guess more, more the crypto says. Yeah, I'm pretty bullish on the whole industry and the technology as a whole. I just feel like uh, the infrastructure isn't in place yet for all this. And everyone's just trying to figure it out right now, including exchanges like FTX. I mean, they got over leveraged and they got crushed, but that's, that's it's partly because there's no regulation. It's a, it's a wild, wild west. Um, but it's also partly because no one really knows the like the ramifications of 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 these things right and so like people are still trying to figure it out and so there's gonna be times you're gonna get crushed by the markets rug pulled whatever um but generally the technology that i see every everything's moving to a, a, a ledger a blockchain yeah. ledger yeah. and i don't see how that's gonna be slowing down i i do think that the hype of like Oh, I got in this coin super early, and now I'm a million. Like, I don't think that's Gone. gonna yeah. be. Do you yeah, think AI is, a is stolen, past? like the show, a little bit? Like, do you, do you think like that's now become the the hype? Like, you know, everything with GPT and the new models. Oh. And you, you think it's just kind of put a bit of a a bullet in, in in crypto, not 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 killed it, but fatally wounded it, perhaps. Um, I mean, these things will come and go. I feel like I, I obviously AI is, is definitely here to stay. Um, but definitely it's more about like hype versus like actual reality. And so when you look at a thing like AI, like the technology is, is there and it's going to be amazing, more amazing five, 10 years from now. Um, but like everyone is making rappers from chat GPT right now. And that's like the thing, but like that'll all go like that. 90% of those will, will die down. Right. And yeah. so it, it's really about what's underneath all that, that. Like what's the infrastructure play here. And then seeing like what transformative companies, transformative technologies can be created out of these. And I feel like honestly, even crypto hasn't, it doesn't, it hasn't even reached it. It's not even close to reaching it. Like it's, it's just beginning. And so yeah. I, I really see blockchain and AI kind of like they're so early so it's the hype was there and I think it's going to die down, but it doesn't mean that it's the technology is dying, right? It's, it's going stronger than ever. It's just that people's perception of it might be dying down, but it's not. Are you using many AI, AI tools day to day um, like in your business? And I guess just, just for personal life as well. Uh, I don't use AI that much, although I do, I I've started using it more as like a search thing. So I'll, yeah. I'll use it more to get information. Um, I find that it's way better if I even, you know, for example, like we were trying to look for a, a, a dog friendly hike around the cool. Bay area where I live. Yeah. And like, instead of doing a Google search, you just ask ChatGPT, and it'll like list out like 10 different things. And then you can be like, actually, those are like too far. Can you look for something that's closer? Like, it's crazy. It's, it's a better way of like searching for information. Um, and now with like the image and the file uploading things that are happening, crazy. like that is, that is insane. So I like, I was ex literally like yesterday I was experimenting. I like uploaded one of my, uh, one of the legal documents that, that I signed like a while back. And I was like, I uploaded it and I was like, am I allowed to do this? And it answered. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. This, this legal agreement you know, doesn't preclude Dang. you from doing this. And I'm wow. like, that's crazy. 
Yeah, man. D- oh. Five years ago, I couldn't have imagined having this conversation, like like talking about that actually happening and being available to use today for nineteen dollars a month or whatever it is. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, so, and this is gonna continue to accelerate. And so imagine, like, before I had to read a legal document, like a ten-page thing, where I'm like trying to decipher, like, what it, what does this actually mean? But now I can just upload it and be like, all right, this is what I want to know. Like, can you just tell me? And it tells you in like two seconds. And so like just things are getting more efficient, right? It's just a matter of like productivity, efficiency and all that. Uh, It's just going to accelerate. I've got a Yorkie Jack Russell, uh, like Terrier cross thing. Um, So I've definitely done the dog example that you mentioned there. (laughs) Yeah, I I love using it for for these. It's it's hard to find a good dog friendly hike, you know, like an outdoor area. So yeah. Yeah, especially in London. I mean, San Fran especially as well. But um, yeah, we, we picked the worst places to really to do that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. But what, what about um, habits? Um, is there anything like in particular, is a common question that, that, that we tend to ask people on, on the pod, but anything that you have recently been doing or or have done perhaps medium long term, which you think has had like a, a massive impact on, on your life that you'd recommend others do? Um could be anything but is there anything in particular because I, I always see habits as like the building blocks of, of success you know you get enough of those bricks in you, you eventually get that wall right but what, what what are like the top ones for you yeah so the first thing I, I it's, so it's funny because I don't even think of them as as habits anymore that's different because I just do them but um I, I do intermittent fast so I don't eat my first meal until much later like 1 1, 1 p.m you do two meals so a day I, or, or one meal a day? Yeah, I do. I do two meals a day. So I'll do my first meal around like 1 p.m., like a late lunch. And yeah. then I'll do like a 7 p.m. dinner, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. dinner. And then I'll pretty much I, I won't eat anything two hours before I sleep because you want your body to be you don't want your body to be digesting while you're sleeping. Um, And so I'll so basically like I don't eat anything two hours before all the way up till 1 p.m. the next day. Um, and then I, I do take a lot of, um, I obviously try to get a good night's sleep. Um, and then I'll take a lot of, I have, I'm really into longevity too. And I don't talk about longevity at all online because it's pretty out there and I haven't really like, basically I, I'm into it, but I just don't know how to like approach it right now in terms of my like online identity. Yeah. But, um, but I take a lot of like supplements and, and things like that, that, I believe in what will be, I think longevity is going to be the next huge wave after maybe AI. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I take care of myself and the way I see it is I'm an athlete. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneurial athlete. Like I have to be in good shape every day because I'm literally like today, I'll be like, I'm, I have back-to-back meetings for like six, 30 minute sessions, six, six in a row. Yeah, that's cool. And like, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do that if I, I, I was tired or I'm not in, in the best, you know, whatever mental shape. And so I see myself as an athlete and I'm training my, my body to be able to, to do that. Yes. So, um, yeah. What, what supplements do you take? Um, so I take, um, this, I mean, now we're getting really in the deep end, but, um, I take quercetin, fisetin, resveratrol, um, I take NMN, NMN, okay. uh, I take, um, berberine, which is a good substitute for metformin, uh, which lowers your blood sugar. Um, I take, um, spermidine, which is actually, um, actually the company that I get the spermidine from is from the UK. 
Oh, cool. Uh, and they're the highest quality in my book. Uh, in my book. But anyways, so there's a lot of like stuff that I'm. Oh, vitamin ADK. I take omega three. Um, some basic stuff like that. That's cool. You take more than me. I take I take quite a bit, but that's a, that's a, that's a lot more than me, man. That's that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what about books? Another common question I ask is like anything in particular that that stands out to you. Which I guess entre- my, my audience is is tech entrepreneurs for the most part. I'd say ninety nine percent of people listening are tech founders, leaders, managers, or software engineers. Um, that's basically it. Yeah, mostly in the UK and and and. Uh, states um what any books that they should read that you'd recommend that helped you so anything written by jim collins i'm a huge fan of yeah so good to great so, yeah 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 good to great built to last um you know all that um i think that what else is important though is that i i think it's really important that entrepreneurs read stuff outside their own country and so i, I read a lot of like entrepreneurs from you know from Japan, for example. And like, I like to just like get a holistic view of entrepreneurship. And I think that's really cool and important because, um, you know, you live in a bubble, like I'm in San Francisco. Yeah. Like I'm surrounded by people trying to raise money for their next unicorn. Yeah. Right. And like, if I'm just entrenched in that, I'm just going to all these events in San Francisco. Like I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to turn into like an AI, like create, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to like get, put into this box of like oh i'm a san francisco like person like all entrepreneur or whatever like i want to be holistic and so i like i like to read a lot of books from different different countries like um kazuo inamori it's a fantastic japanese um uh entrepreneur and he built kiosera for example um a lot of a lot of these philosophies outside of the u.s is is what's funny is the u.s has a very uh what is it ego almost like egotistical perspective on entrepreneurship yeah. Whereas the rest of the country, I find is they're more uh, ego less. Like they care more about the team, that the people, um, you know, doing good in the like for the community. Uh, whereas the U.S. is a little more about like build that dollar thing and like you know. So it's a little bit. It's a different way of thinking about it, but it's important to get that holistic experience. Yeah, I come out about once a year to to, to San Fran. Well, I'll I'll hit you up the next time I'm I'm there. And uh... yeah, hit, hit me up. Absolutely, man. Um, it's it's definitely a different culture to uh, to, to London. Um, in in good ways and, and bad, man. It's it, you know definitely different. Yeah, I, I I'm curious about the London uh, startup world too. So uh, if I go to London, I might hit you up as well. So absolutely, man. Well, you're you're welcome. <laughs> With lots of spare rooms. Don't get a hotel. Say, say <laughs> cool. Awesome to have you on. Good to good to speak to you. Um, we we plugged your stuff as we kind of went along and talked, really. But what what's the one yeah. place that people that are still listening should go? Like they, they finished the episode. Where I'll, I'll link it right below. But what are they clicking on right now? Um, yeah, so I'm pretty active on X slash Twitter at Yong Su Chung. That's Y O N G S O O C H U N G. And then you'll see my podcast and newsletter there as well. Um, but you can go to firstclassfounders.com and 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 uh, get all that. Cool. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you. Thanks, Alfie. Hey, thanks for watching this podcast. Make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, comment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I'll see you in the next episode.